0: Not all Catholics are Roman Catholic. The Independent Catholic Podcast, where the Catholic faith is discussed from the Independent Catholic and Roman Catholic traditions. Learn what the Independent Catholic Sacramental Movement is, also called Independent Catholic and Old Catholic Traditions. Independent Catholicism is an independent sacramental movement of clergy and laity who self identify as Catholic, most often as Old Catholic or as Independent Catholic, and form micro churches both active parishes and dioceses with full apostolic succession and valid sacraments, who are not in communion with Rome, and do not support the argument of papal infallibility. The term, Independent Catholic, derives from the fact that these denominations affirm both their belonging to the Catholic tradition, as well as their independence from Rome. To learn more, follow the Independent Catholic Podcast on Spotify and or Anchor. It's absolutely free. It costs nothing to listen. Become a more informed Catholic and listen to the Independent Catholic podcast.
1: Give
2: me that old-time religion. Give me that old old-time, old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old old-time, old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Good enough for me It will do when the world's on fire It, it will do when the world's on fire It will do will when the world's, world's on fire. fire And it's good enough for me oh. Give me that all oh. time.
3: Pax Hello and welcome to the Independent Catholic. My name is Father Chris Basha and I'm an Independent Catholic priest and Franciscan friar. I'm also a parent, grandparent, and registered nurse. Pax Sabonum. Today, is the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And today's Gospel from Luke focuses on the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, we could also call this an allegory on humility and hypocrisy. Let's recap the parable as it begins with a Pharisee and a tax collector entering the temple to pray. Now, just a reminder, the Pharisees were known for their strict compliance with Jewish law-related rites and ceremonies, a requirement for adhering to their own oral customs about the interpretation and correctness of law statements. They were, in fact, learned men of the temple, but they weren't priests. Pharisees were extremely devout and highly disciplined, in their religious practices. One might even refer to them as model Jews of the time. And then there's the tax collectors. They were local Jews hired by the Romans to collect a Roman tax. They were often despised by their fellow Jews, for they represented the foreign domination of Rome throughout the Holy Land. It was more common than not in that day that these tax collectors often overcharged people and then pocketed the extra. In the rabbinical writings, they were often classified with robbers. And in the Synoptic Gospels, they're grouped with sinners. This shows the common attitude of the Jewish people toward tax collectors. They were deemed to be traitors who sold their services to the foreign oppressor, Rome, in order to make money at the expense of their own countrymen. Now, the gospel today shares with us that these two men each entered the temple and prayed. We can assume that they both entered reverently according to their custom, and that there was no sarcastic banter exchange at the door these two men professionally and vocationally were considered very different from one another in that ancient culture in today's time we would consider them both to be from opposite ends of the track now once inside the temple the Pharisee couldn't resist making a disparaging dig out loud to the tax collector within his prayer He says, God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity. He's implying that he's above all other men, those of greed and dishonesty, like thieves, rogues, and adulterers. In fact, he specifically mentions his fellow tax collector in the same breath. The Pharisee then shows his prideful nature By ending the prayer with, I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Is the Pharisee bragging here? Is his ego of self-privilege peeking through? Does he feel that he's better than the tax collector? Now, this may be a good time to remind everyone that Prayer is about our relationship with God, the creator. It is our fundamental form of a human expression towards the creator. And 2,000 years ago, Jews, praying in the holiest of places like the temple, did this to serve to enhance one's kavanah, the strength that the devotee uses in the intention towards God. In other words, it's a sort of concentration followed by the truthful perception of a response of faith. If you look at the Pharisee, his behavior and his prayer, he passes his personal judgment on the tax collector as well as everyone else. And his prayer is boastful to God about himself, his good works, and his self-righteousness. He's kind of acting like a modern-day Karen of spiritual pride, exhibiting a holier-than-thou attitude. Now, personally, this is not the example that I would expect from a devout and pious man of the temple. And Jesus doesn't either, as we read on. The parable then shifts to our lowly tax collector, who reverently entered the temple and humbly stood in the background before God. He neither raised his voice, nor he spoke ill of anyone. Instead, he looked down, respectfully away from God, and beat his breast. I guess you're implying penance, remorse, and admission of sinfulness. And while he prayed, he said this simple prayer, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The words that the taxpayer used sound similar to the powerful, two words, not one, powerful Jesus prayer, often used by the orthodox. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The tax collector first addresses his prayer to God in a humble manner and with humility. And then he asks for God's forgiveness and compassion as he acknowledges that he himself is a sinner and that he recognizes this. Unlike the Pharisee, the tax collector is filled with fear of God. Not scared of God, but meaning that to fear God is to stand in awe of God's majesty, power, wisdom, justice, and mercy. To see God in all of his glory, and then respond to him appropriately. And to humble himself before the one true God. The tax collector repents and seeks God's mercy. He doesn't brag or judge like the Pharisee. Jesus finishes by saying, I tell you, the latter went home justified, meaning the tax collector, not the former, meaning the Pharisee. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Meaning that the Pharisee in this story is the embodiment of one who is self-justifying and one who wants others to know how great he is by his own self-reported deeds in self-imposed status. Notice that the Pharisee's prayer has no elements of confession. He does not ask for the forgiveness of his sins. Now, perhaps this is because he doesn't think he has anything to confess or that he's above confession or he's just simply above the tax collector and no confession is necessary. And his words there aren't any praise or thanksgiving of God within the Pharisee's prayer. The truth is that the prayer is all about the Pharisee. And yet, he doesn't offer or promote anything but praise for himself. He elevates himself above all others whom he sees and he treats with disdain like our tax collector. Now going to the temple to pray as the Pharisee did showed God exactly what type of man the Pharisee was. The Pharisee was a hypocrite. Again, the Pharisee, no matter how devout, how pious, was a hypocrite. Now I'm pretty sure that God heard the prayer, but I'm doubtful that it really meant anything to God. The tax collector, on the other hand, demonstrated exactly what Jesus spoke about in his Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For being poor in spirit means adhering and admitting that we have nothing to offer to God to atone for our sins. That we come to God as we are, empty, penniless, loathed shunned, wretched. We come as beggars with nothing to offer. The tax collector recognizes his sinful nature and seeks the only thing that can bridge the gap between he and God. He knows that he's a sinner and he admits that. He takes responsibility for his actions. He says, God have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. And we know that from the end of the parable that God heard his prayer for mercy and he answered it. What God is telling us that if we admit first to ourselves and then to God, that we are sinful and as a result, we are sinners. For if we are truly contrite and penitent, we can be confident of God's infinite love and forgiveness. And like the pious Pharisee, no amount of good works, church attendance, tithes, community service, or anything else that we do is sufficient alone to be in God's good grace. Unless we are truly remorseful, and wholeheartedly sorry for our sins before God, are we then eligible for God's grace and forgiveness? Now to sum things up, this parable has three main lessons to think about. One, don't judge. To judge another means to pronounce them guilty. It is a poor harvest of spiritual pride. To judge includes, but it's not limited to, gossip, criticism, backbiting, condemnations, allegations, etc. The bottom line is, the only one who can judge is God himself. Don't boast, number two. When you go to Mass, don't come to church to show everybody you're coming to church, to show off your skills as a Catholic, to show off your wealth or knowledge of the Catechism traditions, or scripture in order to show how good a Catholic you really are. God shuns these intentions and motivations. Instead, come to Mass and ask the Holy Spirit to point out your shortcomings. Then stand before God's presence and repent for your sins and seek God's mercy. And number three, depend on God. The Pharisee used a sense of false spirituality as he concealed his actual weaknesses and shortcomings when he prayed. We all have them. Don't let your position as a good Catholic or a ministry or anything else for that matter maintain and feed your self-image of righteousness. Rather, depend on God Admit to God your faults. Be humble with who you are. Own it. And he will exalt you, he will applaud you, and he will sing praises of you if you admit your sins. Here's a good bumper sticker. Don't be a Pharisee. Instead, be more like the tax collector. For like the tax collector... No matter how the world sees us, whether that's good or bad, or something in in between, when we pray correctly, with the proper intent, with humility of the heart, as a sinner, we shall be justified, transformed, and left with peace of mind as an active part of the divine love of God. With that said, Paxa bonum, and good to all.
4: Jesus commanded his disciples to go forth and preach the gospel to all nations. This they did, in word and in deed. Have you been wondering what your special vocation is? You might be called to the married life to raise children, perhaps you will be called to the single life to serve your neighbor, or perhaps God is calling you to serve as a Franciscan friar, deacon, or priest. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is a family of communities that expresses its Catholic faith. Deeply committed to maintaining our Catholic tradition that has been handed down to us through the millennia, the Independent Catholic Church of the Americas as an ecclesiastical body invests her time, energy, and resources into ministerial formation, the support of the clergy, and the growth of our faith communities. For more information contact the Chancellor of the Independent Catholic Church of the Americas and the Diocese of New England at 508-817-7753. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is not affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church.
3: This is Father Chris signing off. Remember, act justly, love with mercy, and walk humbly with God. Pax et bonum.
1: Give me that old-time
2: religion, give me that old-time religion, give me that that old-time Good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It will do when the world's on fire It will do when the world's on fire
5: Saint Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church, your spiritual home away from home. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is a family of communities that expresses its Catholic faith, deeply committed to maintaining our Catholic tradition that has been handed down to us through the millennia. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is an ecclesiastical body which invests her time, energy and resources into ministerial formation, the support of the clergy and the growth of our faith communities. Have you been looking for a place to call home? Need a place that makes you feel welcome and valued? At St. Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church in Fall River, Massachusetts, our community is waiting for people just like you to find their way home. We invite you to visit during one of our Sunday services to discover how the St. Joseph Cupertino Parish can help you spread your wings in our friendly environment. Visit St. Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church this Sunday for our 10 a.m. service. Located at 742 Rock Street in Fall River, Massachusetts, for more information call at 508-493-1434. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas and St. Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church are not affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church or the Roman Catholic Diocese of Fall River.
1: The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas, a.k.a. the ICCA, is a nationwide community of Catholics who are united in the truth of the resurrection as the true healing balm to the suffering of our times. By our baptism we are sealed in its promise, and in the Eucharist we share. We taste fulfillment. Members of the Independent Catholic Movement possess and a deep commitment. To the Catholic sacramental tradition and quat, and worship according to a prescribed liturgy, usually derived from a mainstream Christian rite, like the Roman rite. The ICCA is an inclusive in welcoming Catholic Church. We wholeheartedly believe that wherever you are on the journey, whoever you're on the journey with, there is a place for you at his table. The Independent Catholic. Church of the Americas is a Catholic Church that functions outside the jurisdiction of Rome. The ICCA has full apostolic succession and is not in communion with the Roman Catholic Church or any other churches whose sacraments are recognized by the Roman Catholic Church, such as the Oriental Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox or Old Catholic. The Roman Catholic Church considers Sacraments is valid, but illicit. The ICCA seeks a new way of living our Catholic faith. As an independent Catholic Church, we enjoy the freedom of joining same sex couples, and divorced couples, in the sacrament of marriage. We welcome women to pursue a vocation to the diaconate, and we do not require that anyone in our clergy bind themselves to the commitment of celibacy. The ICCA holds that Jesus, the Christ, is the sole head of the Church. As independent Catholics, it is important to understand why there can only be one head of the Church, and why that is Jesus Christ himself. The Church is one foundation, head, great high priest and chief shepherd as believed and expressed in the independent Catholic Church of the Americas is Jesus Christ our Lord and that bishops, priests, deacons are appointed by him to lead the church, and that the guide. Pilate, an advocate of this church is the Holy Spirit. The ICCA believes and confesses that this church is the bride of Christ, and in it is our true salvation.